Hello and welcome to this episode of Sequel Pitch, a film podcast in which three friends pitch a sequel to a movie that doesn't have one and then battle it out to persuade the host that they are the last pitch hero. I'm Lieutenant Decker of this rowdy group and partner with me today. He's a kind of he's a kind man. He's a flatulent man. It's Matt Rushton. <laughs> you sum it up perfectly. <laughs> and lastly, much like Danny Manigan, he's always getting himself into silly situations. He's the comedy sidekick, Andy Henry. I'm glad I didn't get the flatulence one. I thought that was aimed, <laughs> going to be aimed at me, but yeah, hello. <laughs> Unfortunately, I tested out a theory with Drew, and hold on, hold on. I've just shot somebody and I want to confess. No, no one no one cares. No Are one you cares. saying you shot Drew? Maybe, maybe. Bye, Find Drew. out next episode. Find out next episode. God, this podcast has turned a dark turn. If <laughs> anyone, I, I mean, it's probably obvious what we're doing anyway, but if anyone just from that line could tell us this movie, I fucking big them up so bad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that would be pretty impressive. Epic Charles Dance. Epic Charles Dance. <laughs> As you may know by the episode title, today we are reviewing and pitching sequels to action comedy 1993 Last Action Hero, directed Ooh, yeah. by John McTiernan. Oy. Yeah. Ooh, very nice. So, in case you haven't seen it, uh, I'm going to do a 60-second synopsis, which probably won't be 60 seconds, but I'll try. So, here we go. Danny Manigan is a 10-year-old boy living in the crime-ridden area of New York City with his widowed mother, Irene. Following his father's death, Danny takes comfort in watching action movies, especially a series featuring the indestructible Los Angeles cop Jack Slater. At at this, at his local movie theatre owned by Nick, who also acts as a projectionist. A projectionist, sorry. Uh, Nick gives Danny a golden ticket, was once owned by Harry Houdini, to see an earlier screening of Jack Slater 4 before the official release. During the film, the ticket suddenly magically transports Danny into the fictional world, interrupting Slater in the middle of a car chase. After escaping the pursuers, Slater takes Danny to the LAPD headquarters. Slater, supervi Slater's supervisor, Lieutenant Decker, assigns Danny as his new partner and instructs him to investigate criminal activities related to Mafia boss Tony Vivaldi. Um, Danny guides Slater to Vivaldi's mansion, recognises its location from the start of the movie. There, they meet Vivaldi's henchman, Mr. Benedict. Danny later claims that Vivaldi and Benedict were the ones who killed Slater's second cousin, but Slater has no evidence and they are forced to leave. He discovers its ability to transport him out of the film and into the real world. Slater deduces that Vivaldi's plan to murder his rival mob boss but is by releasing a lethal gas during a funeral atop a skyscraper. <laughs> he and Danny go to stop it. Slater and Danny, they manage to prevent it and prevent it from the gas releasing. Learning Vivaldi's plan has failed, Benedict kills him and then uses the stub to escape the real world pursued by Slater and Danny. Uh, Benedict devises a plan to kill the actor portraying Slater in the movie, Arnold Schwarzenegger, and after which he can bring other villains from other movies into the real world and take over. To help, Benedict brings the Ripper, uh, the villain from Jack Slater 3, to the premiere of Jack Slater 4 to assassinate Schwarzenegger. Slater saves Schwarzenegger and kills the Ripper. Benedict appears and he shoots Slater, crit critically injuring him, 
Danny subdues and disarms Benedict, allowing Slater to grab his revolver and shoot Benedict in his explosive glass eye, <laughs> killing him. However, the blast causes the sub to be lost. With Slater losing blood, Danny knows the only way to save him is to return him to his uh, movie. Danny finds the other half of the ticket, thanks to death, for some reason, um, and is taken and then takes Slater back to his movie, where his wounds instantly heal, and then Danny returns to the real world before the portal closes, and then they all live happily ever after. There you go. That last, so, like, that last paragraph sums up how fucking mental this film is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so there you have it. Um, that's uh, the synopsis. So now we're going to talk, uh, we're going to give our short reviews. No spoilers if you don't want to. Well, I mean, you can, yeah, you know, spoil it if you want. Who cares? Uh, it's been out. It's, it's we're not exactly, doing a. It's not a new film. Yeah, so. yeah. We're not doing a. Uh, we're not doing. Um, uh, what's it? What, what are we call cast. That's it. Jeez, I can't even remember our own bloody <laughs> product. Uh, yeah, we're not doing a spoiler cast, so you can spoil it. Um, and then we're going to give a score out of five. Let's go with Matt. <laughs> this film is like. It's so much fun in ways it just shouldn't be fun. Like, <laughs> any film yeah. with the cojones of getting Arnold Schwarzenegger to break the fourth wall and play himself and play a character is just, like, it made me sit there going, I'm going to enjoy this. Like, <laughs> hold on, I, I can't remember seeing this as a kid. So, for me, this was like a first-time watch, so... Yeah, yeah. Anything where I'm like, I'm gonna enjoy this film for all the reasons I shouldn't. I was like, okay, right. I'm strapping myself for something mad here. It's mad. It's fun. It's impossible to follow and understand how the hell half of it happens. But hey, it's part of the joy of movie cinema. I guess it's it's taking one big shot at Planet Hollywood and all the other things that get referenced in it. His own his own company. Cool, brave. Again. <laughs> um, but yeah, it it has to be one of my favourite Schwarzenegger films. So for that reason, wow. I'm going to score it four point four. <laughs> Matrix style dodging of axes. Why not four point four? Like yeah. th this is cinema, not baby. 4. You can 5. do what you want. <laughs> no, you can do what you want in cinema. Four point four. Matrix dodging of axe. axe I love that axe head. throw because I swear he like throws it. Like, doesn't he dive and then the guy throw it? It's like it's it's wrong timed. Like, yeah. doesn't he throw the axe and he should dodge? But I swear he dodges and then the axe is thrown. Andy, it's <laughs> Hollywood. Stop reading yeah. into these things, dude. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's actually yeah. getting the movie. So. so real and boring. <laughs> Speaking of Andy's opinion, let's go with it. Uh, this was a childhood favorite of mine growing up. So I've, I remember it very well. I loved it. I, d I do love it. It's, um, it's, I think I like watching it now and maybe just being older or anything like that. Like I love all the, uh, like the movie references and stuff like that. Um, like the people, uh, someone always being in his closet and he has to shoot his, shoot them every time he kind of goes in and like the, yeah. the kid's like oh you're gonna leave me in the car what if like a goon comes and gets me and he's like there's a gun there's a gun in the glove compartment and he takes it out and it's like there's guns like almost like a waterfall of guns like kind of spill out and stuff like that um like all that stuff but i'm a bit like ah, oh, i don't know for me they didn't go and like maybe enough of that and there was a lot that they could have cut they uh i think it dragged a lot in in certain places but 
still very enjoyable. Uh, I'm going to give it... Um, let me look at the cards and stop before it blows up. It's going to be five. No, four. It's 3.5. <laughs> oh, wow. There's a 3.5 card in there. There's a 3.5, yeah. <laughs> That's a it's slow a, bomb. Yeah, it's, an, it's, a, you know, it's a bad deck. You can see why they didn't sell. I should put, <laughs> <come back. laughs> Very nice. Okay. Uh, I am going to say I, I love this movie. I think it's a great it's a great um, satire of American, you know, action movies. And to get Arnie in the fucking heyday of his career as well <laughs> to do this movie, it's not even like he's, like, on his way out, he's, like, 60 or anything. This was, like, just before True Lies and stuff. Um, so, like, the, to get him... And also fucking John McTiernan to fucking direct it as well. Yeah. Like, uh... he's, the guy's directed... Uh, Die Hard, Predator, uh, Red, uh, Hunt for Red October, Die Hard <laughs> with a Vengeance. Like this guy knows action, mm. and he shoots it so well. And it's like it's a professional. It feels a professional satire that is not just everything is just for laughs. Like it's actually got a good storyline as well. Um, it's not just every scene's a comedy scene. Mm. Um, that and they use those tropes of action in in around this story which may, it really works and i really like um arnie in it i think it's given him a little bit more like like acting depth in it when he realizes he's just a fake uh, made up <laughs> character there is a lot of things in the movie that make no sense in terms of the like how it works yeah. and all that stuff uh, like <laughs> but but yeah but uh, you have to take your brain away from it because it's about it's you know it's ridiculous but so i'm gonna give it five digitalizations of humphrey bogarts out of five wow big five yeah i love it i love the movie like you just called it a perfect movie (laughs) (laughs) yes it is baby for me yeah um before you shot him yeah Drew, drew got anything did oh, he, he didn't. He didn't. No, he, no, he didn't. No, sorry. <laughs> you want to check if he's awake? Yeah. Awake. He's, he's, <laughs> As he's no, just he's sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's, he's definitely dead. Um, yeah, yeah. There we go. So, um, Matt, I, th- I can see you've been in, put in the um, scores. So, what does that give us for Last Action Hero? It gives us, if I can adjust everything. Uh, Enter. I broke it. <laughs> uh oh. I broke it. Yeah, uh, it's going to give three. us about. About. Uh, <laughs> You've got a calculator. 4.03 out of 5 if I wow. do some gummy maths and say that Drew's kind of averaging around the same as us. Yeah, there you go. It's definitely a recommendation. Mm. So, Drew, next time on. you're going to get shot, mate. Can you send us a score yeah. at least beforehand? Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah thank you. Um, so, yeah, so thank you. <laughs> so, if you want to hear our full review, then head on down to our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash sequel pitch, uh, and you can hear our full thoughts and our full review. So head on down there and subscribe. So, I think it's time to 
Rubby, beggy, buggy bumper. <laughs> you didn't think I was going to say that, did you? So the rules are always the same. Your pitch title and your short synopsis will uh, you'll give. And then the floor is yours to pitch me your sequel. Then after, I want you both to do a 360 on your friendships and battle it out to be the winner. So first up, let's go with Andy. What is your title and your synopsis? All right, my title is... Last action zero to hero. Yeah. Nice. And uh, I forgot to make any funny ones this week, but um, <laughs> that's all right. My my Mission Impossible ones last week were so good, they will carry over to this one. Um, <laughs> my blurb is when Danny's son gets kidnapped, old friends have to reunite to stop a familiar foe. Mm. So we start off with a small montage showing Danny as a boy uh, going back into the film and hanging out with Slater uh, until he's old enough and leaves for college. Uh, so he says he won't be his back as much. Um, uh, but Slater's like happy with it. And he's like, yeah, cool. They do their cool handshake. And Danny leaves. And then we have like, remember in Endgame when it came up five years later, we're going to have that dramatic like boom. And it's going to say 30 years later. Um, nice. So Danny is now manager of like that little so uh, local cinema. I don't know if it had a name. Uh, did it? Or not? I think it did, but don't worry All about right, it. So yeah, we just yeah, we the cinema. Um, but we see it's basically not done any better with business. Still loads of graffiti. Uh, his son Jack uh, comes home from school, uh, and he's the same age that Danny was in the first film, which I'm guessing was like fifteen ish, thirteen. Yeah, yeah, yeah around, around that age. So yeah, he comes back from school. And he asks his dad if he's, uh, if he's got the new Jack Slater film reel. Uh, so Danny goes, yeah, I got it. Puts it in an old-time projector. And him and his son uh, sit in an empty cinema uh, and watch the film. And in the film, we see Jack Slater. And on screen, Jack Slater turns around and it's played by Zac Efron. And is actually there watching the sequel to the rebooted franchise. Uh, and when the film ends, Jack is all excited. And he's saying, it's the best movie ever. Uh, but Danny says it was shit. Uh, and the new Slater is nothing compared to the original. Uh, his son says he's a typical old guy, uh, you know, always swearing at his kids, apparently. Uh, and Danny goes, wait a minute. And he runs up to his office and searches for the ticket uh, that he hasn't used in years and explains to, uh, its powers to his son. His son doesn't kind of like believe him or half believe him. So he says, oh, we'll take you to meet the real Jack Slater. He puts on a Jack Slater uh, reel with the projector and they use the ticket to go in the film. Uh, when they get to the movie New York setting, uh, they go around and do touristy things. Um, the same. Yeah. Uh, until a shadowy figure sees them uh, and then just makes a call. Uh, soon, Danny and Jack are jumped as they're walking down an alley and we meet the baddie. Uh, Danny says he looks familiar and the baddie takes off his sunglasses to reveal two glass eyes. Danny tries to fight back, uh, but the goons beat him up <laughs> and um, kidnap uh, the baddie kidnaps Jack. The goons leave a beaten Danny who, uh, who didn't see basically where his son went. Uh, so he goes, I need some help. He goes over to Jack's, uh, Jack's house but when the, the door opens, we see Whiskers the Cat, played again by Danny DeVito. Uh, he explains to us, uh, to Danny, that Slater has retired. Uh, and he, he said he was going to a faraway place to relax, claiming he had like a, a ticket to paradise or a special ticket. Oh, yeah, I forgot to mention in the montage of the start, Danny breaks off the ticket and says, like, hey, come back to my world whenever you want. Um, so he has a, a special ticket, a ticket to paradise. Um, Danny goes back into the real world and finds Slater um, living just in her house. Uh, but when he meets him, he's basically like Fat Thor in Endgame. It's Arnie in a big fat suit. Slater explains that he basically retired and he wanted to come out and hang out with Danny. But once he tasted real food in the real world, he just couldn't stop. 
Uh, so he started eating and eating and eating, and he tried to exercise, but it's so hard, and things are heavy, and it takes too long and too much effort, so he decided to just sit around all day getting fat and watching Love Island. Uh, Danny explains what has happened to his son, and Slater recognises the man uh, with two glass eyes as Benedict Jr., Mr. Benedict's son, a well-known criminal underlord and the one criminal Slater could never catch. So now both have motivations. They team up and go to the police station uh, to look for um, clues, uh, where, and Slater's like, welcome back by like a hero. Everyone's like so excited to see him. Uh, they search through old files for some old goons that work both for Benedict and his son, trying to get as much information as they can. Uh, and they go to some of these goons, fighting their way uh, and interrogating them for some clues. And we have um, uh, uh, clues to Benedict's warehouse, or HQ, I should say, where they think he's stashing his son. Uh, and the, every time they have a fight, Arnie's like, age and out of shapeness kind of like takes a toll. So he can start off like kind of being like quite powerful and... Uh, have energy and then slowly just be like and like kind of shoving people away maybe goons just run into him and knock themselves out because he's so like still still just so fucking hard um and then yeah we could have like an old goon which is actually an old goon uh that doesn't remember anything but it's kind of like sweet and funny um on the way basically danny and jack uh sorry danny and slater have a conversation and danny confesses that he thinks he's kind of a bad dad because his he he's his mum sorry his wife and jack's mum uh, died, uh, and when they died, he he tried to get so he got so obsessed with trying to make the cinema work because that's where he met his wife. They both worked in the cinema, so it's kind of like he's trying to keep his wife alive by trying to keep the cinema alive. But this basically drove uh, a wedge between the relationship uh, with his son. Uh, and Slater says he's never had any children, but he always felt like Danny was a son, and kind of he was a bit, uh, but he's proud, kind of uh, the man he's he's turned into be which kind of picks uh, Danny back up. Uh, we go to the Benedict Jr.'s hideout, uh, and he, ba he bad guy monologues about how he's going to shoot Jack, but he never actually does. Uh, Jack explains that this is because the writer of the film doesn't allow a bad guy to kill uh, the, the hero's son in a family movie, especially not in, like, Act 2. Benedict Jr. kind of agrees with this, and so they, uh, they use the ticket and go on to the set of the new Jack Slater film, Jack Slater 3, uh, and we have a fun scene of them kind of obviously going around interacting with people. Benedict Jr. sees Zac Efron shouting and being a dick to an underpaid, like, junior writer. Slaps his script out of her hand or something like that. So he goes over to the junior writer and says, If you want some real power, join me and write me the perfect Act 3 where I can't die and I can kill not only Jack, but Danny and Slater. And then be make me king of the world. Uh, the writer, like, agrees. And Benedict uh, Jr. tears off a bit of the ticket, wraps it around uh, the writer's pen and says this will kind of connect the two worlds. Uh, they return and Benedict Jr. calls Slater and tells him where they can meet and have the big kind of Act 3 fight. Danny tells Slater that if he's going to fight um, Benedict Jr. and his goons, he's going to be, need to be in Slater mode. And we have a get fit montage of Arnie losing all that weight. Um, I like the idea as well that he, he comes back fitter, but maybe as well like a little bit younger, which we can do in, in CGI. Uh, and also there's scenes of Slater like practicing one-liners in this bathroom mirror. Um, so uh, when he gets all fit again... Slater and Danny meet Benedict Jr. like on top of a building uh, and he uh, Benedict Jr. fights Danny as Slater fights all his goons saying he's one-liners uh, one and at one point Whiskers the cat helps comes and, and helps out Slater. Uh, Benedict Jr. kind of tells Danny his big backstory his back big plan he wanted revenge on Danny because he uh, helped kill his father uh, and we flash back to when Benedict Jr. was just a small boy coming out of the theater holding like a balloon and a little lollipop he's waiting for his dad to pick him up and he hears his dad, and when he looks up, he sees his dad on top of a building, and then he just blows up. So he's like, I want revenge because I, I know I know I couldn't kill Slater because he's too tough, 
but I could kill you, Danny, because I know um, he saw him come like back and forth a couple of times. So he was like, oh, I'll kill you next time you come back. But Danny never returned. But um, uh, um, fuck, I just forgot his name. Benedict Jr. Uh, has been waiting this whole time uh, and just stewing and getting more and more angry. And now he's finally back. He can kill him. Um, so we have a big fight and stuff, but uh, we see uh, Benedict Jr. is basically invincible. He's got the power of the riser behind him. Um, uh, the son kind of tells Danny, "You got to, you got to get the writer. The writer's the uh, you got to stop the writer." So uh, the cat Whiskers goes into the real world. Uh, there's probably like a goon protecting the writer, so he 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 beats up the the goon, knocks out the writer, goes back into the real world, uh, and says like, "I've done it." So uh, now Benedict is vulnerable. Everyone beats him up, uh, and we have a similar ending to the first one where Jack throws Danny a gun, who shoots Benedict in both eyes, uh, blowing him up. Uh, and we end with Slater returning to the force as captain <laughs> uh, and giving money to uh, Danny, <laughs> saying, because I had this thought when I was watching the movie, but he gives money saying, money in my universe is basically meaningless, but in yours, it could do something. So he gives him loads of money, not loads of money, but enough money to make the cinema, uh, to refer the cinema, basically make it all nice again. Uh, and we end with Jack meeting like the new girl who's working that day, and we see them kind of blossoming him. Uh, and then a mid-credit scene. Uh, Captain Slater pulls up to a, cr a crime scene uh, with Deputy Captain Whiskers, uh, and they kind of like enter a crime scene. Guns are blazing. Nice. Oh shit! Okay. I forgot. Uh, I forgot on. at one point when they, uh, Whiskers takes a rocket for uh, Slater, not a bullet, a rocket, um, which kind of sets up the whole him coming back at the end. Because we can yeah. have a, a like a, a big dramatic scene where he says like goodbye, friends. I bet he's actually alive at the end. <laughs> nice just uh, that casual uh, character death that you just didn't want to talk about there yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, got I, it I, I, just I skip... before Ross started talking I'll allow it in the I'll allow it yeah. in the pitch <laughs> okay um, few questions what is your what is the message you're saying in your movie so like you know I know this wasn't a shout shouted about message in the movie but like the through line was you know that um, that Danny is getting over getting over the death of his father, and it's sort of that. And what's your sort of through line in this? Well, I wanted to work off the title, the zeros to heroes. So um, I wanted, um, yeah, just people becoming like a redemption. Uh, arc. Yeah, yeah, because Danny uh, is kind of a bit of a yeah, n not neglectful bad, but neglectful bad kind of father. And um, Slate is all, all fat and retired, and so they both kind of come back and. And get there, get the enemy. So, okay. Um, is your movie mm. a satire? Yeah, I think it is. I think it's. Uh, uh, I mean, I, I think I do the M Night Shyamalan thing as well, and, and play the writer, the underpaid, lowly writer. Um, but yeah, I think it could be. I just wanted a fun, uh, uh, just a fun, a fun film. Doesn't uh, I think it makes as much sense as the first one? Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. How many times do they use your ticket in yours? Uh, um, like, there seems to be a lot of yeah, yeah. Just go to the go to this one, go to that. Bag. No, he goes. He they use the so the bad guy <laughs> uses the ticket once to go uh, to go and find the writer. Yeah. Oh, and then the cat uses the ticket to knock out the writer. And then they go it? back into the world. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah I yeah. just wondered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I think that's it. I think twice. I okay, don't think they did it at the cool. start. I just wondered. Yeah. Um, 
Who's playing Danny in yours? Uh, who's, who's playing Danny and... Oh, the, the returning guy. And the, and, he's, the, and the son. Yeah. Who's the, playing Danny and his son, and who's playing the big bad guy? Who uh, the son, I don't know, because that'll probably be a nobody. Danny will be the same guy come back. Um, he's, he said he was a tired of acting, but I'll, I'll convince him to come back out. Um, <laughs> and Benedict Jr. Nice. Um, I want Danny McBride doing a British accent. Nice. Okay. Oh my god! I was picturing someone like Bill Skarsgård or something. Someone yeah, really yeah, slick, yeah. and you come out with fucking no, Danny I will, McBride. I the comedy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Charles okay. Dance's son, Danny <laughs> yeah. McBride. I was so tempted to have just like see if I could get away with Charles Dance again, but with like a wig or something. <laughs> Should have gone for who was it who played fucking Tyrion Lannister or someone? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Andy. Uh, let's move on to Matt. What is your title and your blurb? Awesome. My title is Last Action Hero, Reality Strikes. And Jack yes. Slater is back and defying time and technology to defeat a new big boss and take up the mantle once more of the Last Action Hero. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, cool. Would you like the, <laughs> would you like the pitch? Sorry, it's been a yeah, while. Yeah, yeah. I'm feeling rusty. <laughs> okay, we're gonna go straight into it. Okay, go go. We open with a cop car pulling up and some some boots stepping out to a dramatic cowboy style chord music. We pan up those sexy legs and we see a younger looking Arnie. <laughs> it's definitely digitized, and it's perhaps you know you might want to lean into the fact that it looks a bit cheap the de-aging as well, but it is fully intentional for later in the film. But the scene itself, it's super epic. It's a hostage rescue, saving a bunch of kids from a crazed man and his cronies. It's basically the first scene of the first Last Action Hero of uh, Jack Slater 3. So mm -hmm. it's that scene again, but rather than him just running up and the lights going up and he's at the top really quickly, like he's now fighting hundreds of cronies while he's doing it. Um, and so it's like they've really upped the ante of this uh, of this scene. Uh, yeah, so he runs and he gets a bunch of kids that are tied up. Um, this time it's... Uh, da, 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 I put, I was because I changed my pitch, but I haven't changed the character's name, the actor's name. Um, so we go up there, it's Slater's daughter, um, but like a younger daughter. And at the, at the moment that the axe is thrown, it's kind of swooshing, swooshing, swooshing. But this time it goes straight through Slater's head. And then you cut to black instantly. Um, and then you fade fade the title credits up. Um, and then it goes to black again. So the way that the black screen is broken is it's like a pair of VR goggles are taken off. So it's like the headset's been detached. And it's in first person for a bit. And then we cut out and we see that old Arnold Schwarzenegger, actual Arnold Schwarzenegger, is the, us is the user of this VR headset. Uh, he completely bemoans the waves of enemies in the tower, saying it's way too much. Uh, you know, that it's really hard to control Slater with everything that's going on. And he keeps referring to these funny-shaped wiggle sticks that he's just he can't get used <laughs> to. He can't get used to VR technology. Uh, he says he doesn't feel powerful or like an action hero at all. The game devs kind of brush it off that whatever, and they say that like this is. This game's made for people who still believe in being an action hero, not has-beens. Uh, but they're like, look, just take the console, give it to whoever you want, give it to, away to charity, whatever. Um, and he leaves with this kind of, it turns out it's like a beta test 
of this console. So he leaves sad, he's depressed. Um, as he exits the game dev's headquarters, he sees a bunch of bullies beating on a kid. He runs over and tries to stop it, but he fails, and he's beaten up by these teenagers, and he's thrown to the ground next to the kid. The teenagers all run off. They meet eye to eye, and the kid's played by Caleb McLaughlin. I can't say his name, McLaughlin, uh, who's Lucas in Stranger Things. Um, so they make eye contact. Lucas, uh, Lucas, God, that's going to fucking ruin things. <laughs> Caleb McLaughlin thanks him uh, for trying, but he says, look, you're just too old. And then he kind of goes, hang on, you're Jack Slater from the movies. He says, oh, yeah, I used to be, but now I'm just a has-been. And he's been replaced by these wiggle nice sticks. Accent. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> uh, pulls out, uh, he takes the bag and he realizes that the one of the joysticks is broken. But he's like, oh, here you go, kid. Um, use this. And then the kid reveals his name's Billy. And he says to have more fun with it than he did. Billy heads home. He sets the console up, keeps it hidden from his parents. Uh, and then he powers it up. Nothing seems to happen. It's all fine. He's playing the VR game. He's getting into it. Uh, and he realizes that it's the Jack Slater VR game that he's playing. So he's playing, he gets fully immersed. The wiggle stick in his hand starts to spark and smoke a bit, but Billy is so engrossed that he doesn't even realize. All of a sudden, halfway through this big, kind of big boss fight, um, there's a big white flash after Slater's punched by the boss, and Billy seems to take that hit at the same time and blacks out. So then we kind of have a fade to black, fade up again. Um, as Billy comes up and we're back in that first person view again, uh, he comes up and he realizes looking at the boss, who's played by Jason Statham, who's been kind of massively over muscle, like he's been kind of blown up to like Dwayne Johnson style physique, but it's nice. Jason Statham. Um, and he's surrounded by henchmen. He asks what he's trying to achieve, but as Billy tries to answer, his voice sounds really kind of strange and has this kind of deep twang. Uh, he completely throws him off, he stammers. So Statham hits him, and then Billy raises his hands to defend himself, only to realize that his hands are huge and white, and he's just like, oh, what could have happened? And it's all too much for him to process, so the bullies, the bullies, I guess, yeah, he, the kind of henchmen in Statham, just kick the shit out of him. And he kind of begins to feel himself curling up like Billy did. Billy the kid did. Oh, God, that wasn't intentional. Like Billy did as a kid in the street. Um, and then from nowhere, there's like this buzzing feeling and like the lights will start flickering. And he sees rage appear in the corner of his vision. And then everything slows down apart from him. He kind of has this lift up. He jumps up with an energy he's never felt before. And he beats the shit out of all the henchmen. And he fights this bald dude, but neither wins because they're kind of facing off against each other. Um, bald dude, Statham leaves, and he warns him, this is just a tutorial. And then he exits. Uh, so the premise of this film, I'd realized I'd filled a page with just that. So the premise of the film is that Billy has been absorbed into the game, obviously. <laughs> um, we're kind of doing a similarity with the first film, but bringing it in to 2023 rather than relying on a golden ticket when everyone uses their phones these days so rather than being a sidekick though i didn't really fancy sidekick i thought let's go one deeper and have him go into jack slater so he's playing jack slater but obviously this is caleb mclaughlin's billy um caleb himself will get a load of chance to be on screen kind of in mirrors and windows so caleb keeps seeing himself in this but then everyone else sees arnold schwarzenegger this digital 
de-aged Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, and we can have Caleb's voice used as a VO or Arnie. I'm happy to go either way. But basically, the the premise is that he has to defeat the corporation in the game to free himself. Uh, it's a super high-tech kind of beta phase of a new VR system and the game, and obviously it's all gone wrong. So I kind of said perhaps he could get out early at one point and we go back into the real world, go back into the game um, to discover kind of what or who caused the glitch. Uh, and then it ends, the film ends with a choice for Caleb stroke Jack to kill Statham's character. And Caleb's kind of getting so into it that he does at one point, but then manages to gain control of himself and calm the rage and kind of pulls himself out and it's kind of a bit of a, a bit of a warning about risk of being immersive in VR and obviously being safe in technology with the way that the world is moving and working in technology. I know what AI is doing at the moment. So it's just, you know, maybe has a little uh, political undertone and contextual undertone. Um, <laughs> at the end of the film, Arnie meets up with the kid randomly. They chat again about how the things are and they become friends. Um, <laughs> summarizing the film, it's a non-stop over-the-top action there's loads of like holding on to drones and catching missiles and throwing them back at the shooter and all crazy future gadgets and stuff. Uh, there's loads of de-aged Arnie, uh, things kind of same one line as like from a gamer's voice perspective in 2023. So like what we hear in Call of Duty all the time, Arnold Schwarzenegger is saying those one liners to people as he beats them up. He's like, okay. oh, fuck okay. your mom and stuff like that. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> not that. That's how. Teabagging people as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. Teabagging. He teabags one of them at oh one point. God, and maybe there's people. a bit with like a multiplayer bit where he's in a really toxic chat room <laughs> and he's just kind of sitting there listening to all these prepubescent shouting shit at him. Um, and also worth noting that Jason Statham is a representation of the CEO of this game dev company too. So maybe there's another avenue to explore if you've got the time with the political side of the games industry. Mm, thank you. You're welcome. What? So you've kind of said. So what is the message that you're saying with your film? Um, two pronged. Uh, kind of shining a light a bit on kind of mega corporations. If you want to go down that route, obviously you have to be mindful because that's where the money is. But you know you could take a shot at the games industry and how. Um, how much pressure there is for games and game devs to deliver these days, sometimes in quite unhealthy conditions, and maybe they've kind of chucked in little digs and little shots in within the game itself. Um, also, yeah, kind of looking at technology and the advancement of technology and kind of shining a humorous but notable light on AI and VR in the future of entertainment and where it could go and how there probably needs to be some mindful aspect for kids and the younger generations that are exposed to you know if they start playing immersive shooters through vr technology like i can only imagine how desensitizing that is for young people and how there has to be some kind of uh avenue of safety protocol within what they're doing hmm that's Father Matt talking at, uh, at this point. Absolutely uh, fucking is. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, cool. Uh, so you kind of said it, but I wrote it down anyway. So old Arnie is in your the beginning of your movie. Yeah. 
And then we'll see the we'll see still we'll still see de-aged Arnie throughout the movie, yeah? Yes. Yeah. So I everyone okay. so Caleb kinda in those I'm picturing that there's quite a few times that we see it in first person. That's kind of the the cinematic trope that I want to pull on. Um yeah, using yeah. VR to kind of go into first person. So I'm picturing like we see Caleb McLaughlin in them shots, but then in the third person shots we see Arnold Schwarzenegger. Okay. Um, why did you go the route of VR instead of cinema? Um, I feel like it's because the first movie was out what in the nineties. Like we're in twenty twenty three now, and I didn't want to try and make a cinematic follow on. I yeah. wanted to pull it into the modern day. Um, and I feel like VR fits bridges that gap between cinema and gaming it offers that bigger immersion and i thought it was the most advanced version of entertainment that we have like cinema was the most advanced version of entertainment that we had in the 90s yeah and lastly is your movie a satire i feel like there can be uh i was perhaps a bit loose with writing the actual plot for my movie but i thought i covered off in my premise about what I want in there. Um, there's yeah. plenty of room for it. Obviously having the idea with VR that you can blow up Jason Statham to be this big fucking mega boss. Like basically <laughs> yeah. imagining uh, who's it from Daredevil. You know, kind of going oh, down that sense. Kingpin. Kingpin. Yeah. You know, kind of you can maybe play on that a bit. And um, I think with the VR, there's a load of fun things that can be done about controlling the hands and like you can slap himself by accident or hit a table or something and you know there's room for slapstick and satire but then it's also going to be a fun kind of like first person third person action but with just gentle threads of kind of warning and being mindful of technology at the same time and lastly uh because i got one more question because i just want it clarified mm-hmm the controller, obviously, in the first one, the ticket was made by Houdini, which I assume he just had some magic that made this magic ticket. Uh, what? So the controller is the magic part of it. Yes. Yeah, so the controller, and it's. I was trying to think, like, do I lean super heavy into a, a developer has made it, like the one of the manufacturers and the R and D team have made this controller to suck somebody into the world or was it that it was meant to offer like a load of real experience like the feeling and touch through the body and through nervous system through jolting and kind of dual shot technology but the broken controller then caused it to kind of have that glitchy magical effect as well like i i kept it as it could go down either route it's either the controller was always meant to do that or because it broke it's this super high-tech new VR that they just haven't equated just how powerful it is. It's it's open-ended. I like <laughs> the idea that the game devs have actually made this and they, they're trying to kind of sabotage their own corporation through yeah. super new technology. But I'm also open for it just to be a complete accidental glitch okay, and a bit of cinematic magic. Can I ask for cool. one thing before we move on to the, uh, the debate round? Ross, can, yeah. as Arnie, then can you say funny shaped wiggle sticks? The funny shaped wiggle sticks. <laughs> See, what perfect. are these things? 
They're fucking, How they're can just... that not be my winning default? Like, Andy, you just fucked yourself. Oh. You just got Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> could that be to my say the most tone? important part. <laughs> <laughs> Funny Shea Wigger sticks. <laughs> uh, okay. All right. So, will it be Andy's pitch? Danny, now a father and owning a cinema, wants to show his son an old movie, but ends up in a fight between Benedict Jr. jumping from world to world. Well, twice. Uh, (laughs) uh, Or Matt's pitch, an old Arnie gives a kid a games console or VR system that turns him into the last action hero, and he has to fight his way out and overthrow a corporation. So, now... It's time to go head to head. Yes. Will there be yes. no sequels for you? <laughs> or will there will it be or not to be? Not to be. <laughs> it's up to you. Action. Okay, I'm going straight in because oh, I have been sitting on my massive point. My the biggest <laughs> right. reason that Andy has to lose this week. Is because Andy spent the whole time in our Patreon review and in the in the kind of top load bit talking about he wanted less bullshit, less emotion, more blood and guts, <laughs> and his whole film is a fucking family emotional drama <laughs> with a bit of action in the middle about. of it. There is no action in yours. It's all about Daddy and his son and Daddy and his dad. Yeah. And so we have to no, his dad. As well. Everything so is about family. It's I'm bullshit. talking about the time wasting bullshit and stuff like that that we don't need. All this like To the, you uh, it was time wasting. To me it was building emotional depth and three dimensional. Because it has no characters. impact on the story. It it's What's exact, the point of it's all about the story. Does nothing. <laughs> He knew, we mean, needed to know Matt, that his dad was dead. We're arguing about the film, not about your pitch, <laughs> yeah. and how the fact that you've just basically banked on going, I've got to do the opposite of all the things I don't like about this film. <laughs> fill it with no, montages like, no, 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 and fill I, it with I, sentiment and have no action in it. I wanted more sentiment. That's why I said like when Danny and Arnie didn't hug at the end, it felt weird. I wanted that, uh, that moment and stuff, and that's why I've got so it in my film. So you wanted less blood and guts and more sentiment. I wanted then. more blood and guts instead of the the boring time wasting scenes, like the first fifteen minutes, like the the, the apartment. That was dead important to me because we found out all about. That doesn't about, mean anything. We, 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 we know he's Danny. not like rich. We don't need a whole fucking scene <laughs> about it. Matt, can I ask a question? How yeah. oft, How long after watching Ready Player One did you come up with this pitch? I've never seen Ready Player One, so that's, that's awkward, isn't it? Oh, I, I, that's genuine, that's I will hands oh, down. Okay. I don't even yeah. know what Ready Player One is. Well, you don't need to now because you've just pitched it. <laughs> um, well, there you go. Then. I, Clearly, got, it got, was that good that it needs a sequel. I've got some, <laughs> some. I've got some gripes with Matt. Matt's lost all the magic in his. Like, so a broken controller, and you're saying like, so no, a broken controller makes him go back and it goes into the into the game world. Uh-huh. Uh, but then you've just said like the game developers actually made it. And then to sabotage themselves. I've left it but open. Then you don't explain I'd, that I'd like in the open. film. I've left it open. And I explained that in you all the talk about all Bloody the corporations. That's going to be your new catchphrase, isn't it? <laughs> well, yeah. Like, I've just brought you the picture. You know what, I'm you, not you writing know what else script. you're going to leave open? Hey. You, know, you know what else you're going to leave open? Why does, the, he why does he have to beat the corporation to exit the game? Because, again, it's part of the idea that the game devs have actually got like this subtle attack of their own they want to destroy from within. 
and they so, they no, so, made wait, the big boss of the game. They didn't give the game to the kid. The Arnie CEO. gave the kid. They didn't know Arnie was going to give this yeah, kid yeah, the game. Yeah, but they wanted Arnie to go and destroy it because then he would have been the last action hero. But he didn't like it, so he took it off. He was too powerful, and he got out of the game because he didn't believe. So he didn't go into the game where a kid believes, and they got more imagination, so they went into the game. But why are they stuck in the game though? Well, why can't because they leave? Because they've well, got too like, to it. Because it's dangerous I, to be immersive in video games and VR technology. It's a, a big commentary on. Don't it's, play no, VR. it's an advert against VR. Yeah, because I don't like it. It freaks me out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 fair. But it's you know, there's the, this is just a pitch. There's scope to flesh out the details with your writing team and your director. I've left it open. I've left like, it open. Like, you were given. You've given every bit of flesh on your weakling's little. <laughs> rodent of a pitch that you've given us. There is no more flesh Mine on yours. actually keeps the movie feel. You've bought in a game. That's like got nothing to do with <laughs> yours, it. You haven't got, you, you haven't got the kid from the first the game. Yours isn't a game. sequel, all right? Because you always tell me when I don't have the same fucking characters from the first. It's not a sequel. It doesn't move on. It doesn't move on the characters from the first film's like stories. That's what mine does. That's a true sequel. You, Yours has got a random that kid that doesn't actually like do anything. Of, you've got of, no of relationship between ended. Arnie and the kid. How do they go back into... Like, you're now implying that the world that was Jack Slater with that magical ticket is now an ever-living, ever-breathing universe that for the last 25, 35 years between the movies has carried on and yet nothing has changed other than this one dude waiting for Danny to return. Who happens to be able to spot him from a mile off? Going well, that's clearly Danny, and that's clearly his son. Like, yeah, no, that was yours is hanging on the most boring shoestring in the world. Hanging on the most boring shoestring in the world, and you've used lazy tropes like Fat Arnie just playing on his age and stuff. Like we've seen it. No, we've and seen we saw it much better with Thor. We saw it much no, better he, with Thor. I ain't interested in seeing world, that humor eats real again. Food. And the guy gets fat that way. That's that's I funny. I enjoyed that, that concept. Fun. I enjoyed the idea that mm-hmm. he couldn't lift weights, and I was like, you know what? That's humorous. And then you did a boring Rocky Sylvester Stallone montage with Chris Hemworth losing and suddenly becoming the most beautiful. With the one liners, oh, conveniently, with the one liners, Danny's gonna have that well, picture of stimulus. He's gonna be practicing his one liners in the mirror. Nah, mine's nah, got no. Yours isn't a sequel. It's not a proper sequel. You, you're it's not following on the characters. It's absolutely a sequel in 2023 You've got no relationship between Arnie and this kid. This is like, this is just a <laughs> random movie that's kind of like, kind of connected because to, to Ready Player One and Free Guy this. and slightly this is an action Last Action movie. Hero. And, you know, Caleb does a bit of soul searching and finds a strength that he's this kid that's got beat down and trod on. He finds strength in himself through raging and Arnie's just in there because I don't want Arnie to be really the focus point of this emotional journey because he wouldn't carry it now so I've brought mine into the 21st century you have basically gone oh I really liked Willy Wonka I'm surprised you didn't have shagging umpalumpas on coke in it somewhere (laughs) that's how much you enjoyed the last thing that we used with a golden (laughs) ticket and yet you've used it and you've decided I'm just going to rip it up and stick it on a pen and now it's going to rewrite a script (laughs) Yeah, that connects the world. That means he can, can, he can you, control what he says and does it. and his actions. That's fucking Why cool. Why have you decided that You're, this ticket We always say with Matt as well that he only brings two this acts. Ticket. This is the first time I think he's only ever brought one act. And he's basically <laughs> yeah, going, well, I this is the premise. The this is the summary. Scene. 
No, no, no. I at if least I got you in the first three five minutes of my pitch. film, I don't want this you to pick me. When it's Let's in put it there, that way. Something else with the corporations, and it's it's kind of bad, but he has to break out. Why is why? I mean, you talk about jacked up Statham like as big as the Rock. Not criticism. This is an actual just random question. Why didn't you get like just the Rock then, or someone like that that big? Why why blow because, up Statham? Uh, well, because I thought it'd be more fun than getting someone who's naturally that jacked, and yeah. because I was like, I'm going to put Dwayne Johnson in, and then I went. Actually, why am I? Because I'm sending this into the world. So what I'll do? Oh, I know. I'll use the short actor who's played opposite him before, and then I'll just beef him up and make him a foot taller, just just yeah. for lols. And Statham, it'd be like I could have gone with Kevin Hart. Then I guess doesn't have to be Jason yeah, see, Statham. Yeah, that would have been funny. That, that would have got someone... the joke across. Why? Jason Statham plays opposite him in Hobbs and Shaw. Yeah, but he's, he's, a, he's actually like a fighter. Smaller than him. But he's a fighter anyway, and he could probably and he he's, he probably kicked the rock's ass as well. Kevin Hart would have been uh, would have been better. Well, yeah. okay, well, I'll use Kevin Hart. There you go. Okay, that guy. That you got one good I? thing about the movie, then, and then apart from that, it's, it's 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 not it's not a sequel. Look, if, that's if that's you the biggest thing. You just don't have the connection the of the minutes, first character to the first film. Simple Moving their stories on, you got a whole new character that's and got nothing to do with Barney. They meet at the start and they meet at the end. They've got nothing to do in the middle. And I have I have a story about two fathers. Repairing their relationship with their sons. Oh yeah, you do that well, don't you? As well as the first one did. I do. Thank you very much. <laughs> okay, okay. I am very I like torn. I was pitching against Drew this week. Where did all this emotion come from, for man? <laughs> yeah. I'm so torn. On one hand, I like the idea of Matt, and I like the idea of bringing it into the 21st century. Well, 2023. Uh, and yeah, on the other hand, Andy uses the original characters from the movie, but uh, what to go with, what to go with. This is live actual me going, (laughs) I do not know what to do. I'll say to his credit, he did use all the original cast, but he did, he kept it in the nineties where... I might have stepped away from a cast. Mine's not in the nineties. Mine's my... now. It feels like it's in the nineties. No, the start is when he goes. But then he say, I say thirty years later. How can that be in the nineties? <laughs> but nothing feels like it's changed. It's like he's thirty old, years never tired. later. That's, Just looks that's exactly like... the same. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I've made my decision. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. I am going to be this week's. This episode's winner is going to be Matt. Oh, oh my, oh my god! I fucking pitched it. it. Yes. Don't oh my god! It. The one I was act sat there pitch. so prepared. The one to be like, act per play. Pitch. <laughs> wow. Well, that's great. Now I... I know I only need to write one act in my yeah, pitch. Yeah, <laughs> I this. I think this might be a divisive, uh, a, a divisive episode in which the. Uh, our fans may go. You were totally wrong there. Yeah. Even Matt just now just said. Matt's oh, a surprise, to- more surprised than me. I, got <laughs> I, fucking, <to> say. <laughs> I fucking love my concept. That's my point. I'm dead happy that my concept won. Yeah. If only you wrote a yeah. pitch and not just had a concept, that would be no good. <laughs> That's the same thing, isn't it? No, it's what totally you different. Pitch? You pitch a concept. <laughs> you don't pitch a finished movie. A concept is an idea. A pitch is like a fully fledged out idea. But well, yes, Drew, um, Andy, you did do like a commendable job, like. I don't know, like, like you did all the things that I would like in a movie with 
the last action hero with Arnie being fat. I think that would be quite funny. And like, and using the ticket as well. It, there must be nothing left of that ticket as well. <laughs> There's like just tiny it's bit a, of it's like been cut paper. In three, so there <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe he's got yeah. A bit. Um, but yes, well done, Andy. Uh, Admiral runner-up, you get the old. Is it two points? Yeah, yeah. Two. Yeah, yeah. Two uh, points. Matt, you uh, receive three winning points, and I just receive one just for just for, for picking the wrong film. F- for picking the wrong film <laughs> but you know Matt hasn't won in a while so you know that's that's I a guess, good thing I guess yeah. give him, give him a, him a couple of points the competition I'll take him yeah. I'll take yeah, everything yeah, yeah. I, I ain't picky anymore boys I'll, I'll happily beg and do <laughs> dirty things for points just <laughs> yeah exactly room. yeah <laughs> um, so I don't know if you've got the scorecard up there Matt e- no I will feel until you do um so, so thank you so much if you like our podcast please shout about it on our socials tell your friends uh, as we said earlier you can also join our patreon to get access for more audible content and if our patron grows we'll start to introduce more aspects to our patron uh, we maybe do you know votes for the next movie that we might be doing and stuff like that and you know, I haven't discussed this with the guys, but you know, I'm just just throwing out random things here that may entice you. Power um, to the people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and there is something special coming in a few months' time. Um, I'm not going to say anything now, but there is something very special that all of us are doing in a few months' time. So stay tuned for information about that closer and we could actually announce it now no we won't we won't we won't we'll do a better probably link and written a proper announcement that's been written and actually thought out (laughs) rather than just added on to the end of the episode anyway yes um so scores on the doors yeah yeah what is our scores now uh are in our sequel pitch competition in fourth place with 15 points it's yours truly this week's winner and therefore guaranteed to still be bottom next episode <laughs> it's Matt Rushton Wee. in joint first place on 16 points is the troublesome trio of Andy Henry, Drew Toneby, and Ross Harmston. Oh, shit. so close. (laughs) Even after all these weeks, we're still so close. There we go. Wait, is that taking into account Drew's Drew's one as well? Drew gets gets his shot point, yeah. Oh, I thought you were both drawing last time. Oh, yeah, because they both got one point. Sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, so Andy's pulled so himself back go. up in the ranks. There we go. You, you, you know, you don't always have to win to win points. I bet I should have won this time. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> so I, am, I mean, I feel like maybe. power to the people is the very reason that get my on Twitter people wants. get on Twitter and, and prove me right. <laughs> I slightly <laughs> felt bad for Matt being so far behind, so I may have just picked him <laughs> so he could win uh, to host the next one. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> I'll take it. I'll say yeah, it. Yeah. I, I ain't first. I'll take um, sympathy votes now. Matt, what um, movie are we going to be 
pitching our oh, sequels to. Oh, we got a good one lined up now. Um, I feel like we had a bit of a fiery episode this week. Uh, with certainly, Indeed. you know, some a couple of us started to started to flex our scales a bit as we as we eyed each other up and breathed fire into each other. So I got to carry <laughs> on this uh, dragon inspired um, face off. And next episode, we are tackling Reign of Fire. Oh, Ooh. Reign of Fire. Now, I've never Christian seen this. Can I ask, does it have dragons in No. Oh, interesting. Okay. <laughs> it's about cars. <laughs> yeah, cars. It's, it's a Pixar movie. It's a Pixar movie. It's a uh, bloody brilliant movie, if you ask me. But hey, is. you'll find out what I feel about it next episode. Me. All right. Well, all is to say is goodbye from our resident runner-up, Andy Henry. I've just lost the episode and I want to cry. <laughs> uh, fair enough. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> and this week's episode's winner, Matt Rushton. I've just won the episode and killed Andy Henry. <laughs> Come and arrest me. And all that's left to say from me is... I'll be back. The hell you will. Bye. <laughs> Bye. 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 <laughs>